generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, let's look into the word very quickly. I just want to talk today. I might not be preaching, preaching, or teaching, teaching, but I'll teach. But I just want to talk. Dr. Jesus fixes daddy issues. Let's read from Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. From verse 13. And then we'll go to Romans chapter 8. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John the Baptist tried to prevent him saying, I need not to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. He's not talking about the soap, dove soap. Alighting upon him. Verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Look at your neighbor say, Jesus did not have daddy issues. Say, Jesus does not want you to have daddy issues. Say, Dr. Jesus sorts out daddy issues. Romans 8 from verse 12. How do we have the paternity of God? How do we sort out the paternal gaps that we might have in our lives? Therefore, brethren, be we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, what? I love that. Abba! Father! My daddy! My daddy! That's what it is. Verse 16. The spirit himself. What does he do? Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be I don't understand what I you guys are not what's going on? You're not reading what I'm reading? That is talk? Yeah, you should have your own Bible and your devices though. Verse okay, everybody read verse 17 together alone. Of 
that we may also be glorified. Father, we thank you for the abiding presence of your spirit. We thank you for light, for revelation, for intelligence, for insight. We thank you that you're teaching us, feeding us, growing us, and grooming us into the fullness of who we are in Christ. Thank you that yokes are broken, burdens are undone, misalignment is corrected. There is light and infusion of strength and grace as your word comes forth. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk about daddy issues, I want to speak about fatherhood, and then we'll speak about the gaps and what happens. Now, generally in the culture, when you hear daddy issues, they're referring to psychological issues or challenges that people develop or have as a result of wrong relationships, faulty relationships, twisted relationships, or absent relationships with their daddies or father figures in their lives. And oftentimes when people use these expressions, they sort of make it look like, you know, only women have some of those issues. But actually, a guy can also have daddy issues, can have either attachment issues or abandonment issues or humiliation issues or, pardon? Validation issues. Now, why do we have to look at this? Please understand that the greatest title, the, ti the greatest title that God has is Father. And when you look at the Bible, you're going to see that in the Old Testament, they did not really relate with God as Father. They related with God as God, as Creator, as Maker, as George, as King. But very few times do we see God being presented as Father in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we see God being referred to as our Father only 13 times. One, three times. Only 13 times. But in the New Testament, Jesus refers to Father uh, 150 times refers to God as his own father. A hundred and fifty times. He that has sent me has sent the Father. I go to my Father. I'll send you another comforter. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. Uh, what else did they say? I and my Father are one. I do nothing except that which I see my Father do. So you see, God became man and still called God Father. Which means that the highest revelation of God is not God as healer. Is not God as tequila, the one who makes you high. Is not God as a soldier or as a mighty man in battle. The greatest revelation of God is God as father. And if you don't see him as father, you'll be farther away from the truth. If you don't see him as father, you'll be farther away. In other words, you become performance driven instead of being presence governed. And what has happened to many of us is that we sort of downplay the fatherhood of God and like, God, show yourself strong in my life. In other words, you're seeing God as performer. You're seeing God as warrior. You're seeing God as leader. But God says, the greatest revelation you can have of me is father. Because me came out of me and called me father. You see what I'm saying? So if Jesus called God father 150 times, it means that the greatest manifestation of your life is rooted in you operating with God as your father. The same way you know that even if you don't impress your daddy, if they check your blood, they will still find his DNA on the inside. That's the way you know that even when you don't impress God, God has impressed himself upon you. 
this is important is fundamental to our transformation journey is fundamental to our covenant rights is fundamental to our growth our trajectory what the enemy wants to do in your life is to abuse the whole idea of paternity and fatherhood such that your obsession or rather your perception of it is skewed and you cannot maximize the advantages it brings you see that now no man can become a better father than his perception of fatherhood no man this is the reason people who didn't have great fathers don't often make great fathers because our father fatherhood experience must be rooted in a reference <laughs> great fathers are licensed to raise greater fathers this is important many of the issues in our lives are paternity issues fatherhood issues root issues organic issues sometimes many of us are paralyzed not because we don't have potential but because we don't we have not been nurtured by paternity so you have the potential for it but it takes a father to tell you affirm you validate you and so if there is a fatherhood gap in your life many things will get missing in the cracks because that gap provides a vacuum and that vacuum brings a resistance to your movement because something is missing let me show you something from the bible see the fatherhood of god is so central to his redemptive work if you go to isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 many of us know the scripture where it says unto us a child is born and a son is given so the paternity of god is not just seen in creation is seen in new creation and it said his name shall be called what come on now wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father the only attribute of god that is everlasting is fatherhood going to be judged there's going to come a time that he will judge once and for all oh come on now god is not always going to be healer are they transmitting now god is not always going to be healer mainland shout hallelujah wherever you are island shout hallelujah wherever you are king's hop lucky shout hallelujah god is not always going to be creator he has created God is not always going to be judged. There will come a day when he will judge all things in Christ. He has already judged sin. Are you following? God is not always going to be healer because there's going to be an age where sickness does not exist. Are you seeing that? But he will always be father. In fact, the Bible does not call him everlasting counselor because counsel is a function of limitation. Oh God. Counsel is a function of your stage of life and the lights you have or don't have. How many of you need counseling to know what to study in jam now? You don't need it. You have passed that stage. That means that there are levels of counsel that are no longer valid. But fatherhood, when you fail, you will need a father. 
When you succeed, you need a father. When you get married, you still need a father. When you have children, you will need a father. When your children have children, you need a father. Because a father is not a fleeting title, it's an everlasting position. So fatherhood is not what you need when you're a child. Even when you have when you become a man, you still need a father. Because the father has gone farther. He calls him everlasting father. Yet what is he? Prince of peace. Peace is shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. No gaps in the spiritual and the material. The everlasting father is the one that brings peace. Similarly, a father brings peace. What's peace? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Which means the absence of a father is the presence of some gaps. And this is not about whether it was your fault. As a matter of fact, most of us who have absent fathers or abusive fathers or non-existent fathers or multiple paternity, it is not our fault, right? It's not our fault. But listen, the fact that something is not your fault does not mean nothing is not real. Somebody can step on your phone and break it. It was not your fault, but your phone is broken. Right? You want to make calls, you can't dial. The touch screen is not touching. Yet you are very touched. <laughs> By the infirmity of the broken. You see, so because sometimes we say, I'm justified, yes. I'm sanctified, yes. But something is still, still missing. So we need to identify what that is and then deal with it. Are we here? Now, God looked at mankind and saw the fractures, the frailties of the men that were even his men. He says, see, for this thing to be right, I need to model fatherhood to them. So when Jesus is going to come into the world, he said unto us, a child is born, a son given by who? It takes a father to give a son. Listen, ladies, if you ever want to get into a relationship with any man, find out who their father is. Because whoever you marry is going to father you, whether it's conscious or not. And so every husband is supposed to be a father, just like every wife is supposed to be a mother. However, if the father has no father, then he's farther away from being the father that is supposed to be, including the father of you. Father is Abba, that is source and sustainer, producer, progenitor, ancestor. In other words, a father is the custodian of descendants. So the father and your husband will determine what will descend out of your marriage. I know this is not one of the most exciting, I know the exciting points, but I know people are thinking and reflecting. It's so important. It's so important. Make sense, Rita? And you know, when we think about absentee fathers, people automatically just think about the traveling dad who was posted from Congo to Congolese to Brazzaville to Burundi. Some fathers were physically present, but all that was present was their body. The only thing they contributed to the house was their sperm. Okay, we'll talk. 
mentally, any decision, go and meet your mother. Go and meet your mother. Go and meet your mother. Labaya, yeah, Labaya. I know. Isn't that so? So you were not exposed to the process of a thinking man. So now that you're married to a man who analyzes, who synthesizes, you think his own is too much. Not knowing that he's playing his role as a man. And so instead of you developing the ability to interact, to debate and to, to, debate and to discuss, you develop the ability to debate and to discuss. Throw a discuss and you throw a disc at us. And you diss the cause of the marriage. Are we seeing this? So not only was there a gap, you developed a coping mechanism which is make decisions by yourself, including the wrong ones. Okay, neighbor, see, fathers are important. Fathers are so important. Oh, come on. Shabalakaba. Let me, let's read a couple of scriptures so that you see context for this. Anybody receiving this? See this? Genesis 5 from verse 1. This is the book of genealogy. Genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created Adam, he made him, Genesis 5 verse 1, in the likeness of God, he created them male and why? Look at your neighbor, say there is something about men that is different from women. Please understand something. The female was not an afterthought. In the day that God made man, he made them male and female. The woman always existed. Or let me say the female always existed. God brought the woman out of the man. So the woman is not inferior, but she's different. She's not an afterthought. There were certain, in quotes, stresses God didn't want the woman to enter into. Are you getting this now? Wanted the man to have been through some routine, some patterns of taking care of stuff. By the way, there is nothing wrong with men helping at home. Because who was sweeping the floor of the garden before Eve came? Oh, can we talk right now? Who was cooking Adam's food before he was born? Before Eve was birth produced, created. Right? Can we talk now? I'm not saying women should not do domestic work. But I'm saying there's nothing wrong with a man. It doesn't make you less of a man. It means you are man enough to know how well it can be done. Can I talk right now? If there's a man beside the same, he created, he created.
separated the male and female and he blessed them and called them mankind. Watch this now. In the day they were created. Adam lived 130 years and begot a son. Look at this. Do you see that? Verse 3. Adam begot what? In whose likeness? Adam was made in whose likeness? But Adam begot a son in? A child will look like his father. Unfortunately, this likeness is the likeness of fallen Adam. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? If Adam and Eve had produced a child before Adam fell, if it was a male child, humanity would have still become pure based on the purity of the man. Of the son. This is the reason the enemy attacks you at the seed stage. Because he knows if I can attack the seed, I've perverted the harvest. <laughs> Adam, causing Idamu without living in Idimu. <laughs> Do you see what I said? If Adam and Eve had another son before the fall, that son would have been a purebred. And because it's a man that gives seed, every child that they produce would have been pure. Please listen to this. There are many marriages right now that are troubled. Not because of the two parties that are there. But because of the two parties the two parties had absent in their development process. This is important. Before we got married, PLT and I, and I remember when I told her to do it, I said, we have to study our family pattern, patterns. Listen, can I tell you something? You never know yourself outside of a reference. Nobody does. Not even Adam, the first man. Adam discovered himself by drawing reference from his creator. And the moment, watch this, Adam started drawing reference from what came out of him. He lost connection with what he came out of. Because the reference to who you are is what you came out of, not what is coming out of you. The primary reference. You might study some things about what came out of you. That's your, your children. But your real reference is how, you know, has anybody ever done something, maybe bad or a mistake or something, like how did I get here? <laughs> There's a journey to where you arrived. That anger in your life is rooted somewhere. Listen, procrastination is rooted somewhere. Don't forget, what do we call families? If you have to draw family, what do you call a family? Tree. And you are a fruit. A fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. So you say, I, I, I don't know why my mother is always angry. Have you noticed you start getting angry as well? And, and if you continue like this, by the time you're 55... You will be as angry as your mom is now at 65. It's taken us 65 years to be this angry. It's going to take you less time if you continue that way. 
And by the way, you wonder why she's angry. You've not been through half of what she's been through. So you must learn how to identify the gaps in the human nature. Deny the human nature. But study the new man in Christ. Say, how does he apply within the framework of my evolution? Are we here? This is important. How many of you know that Abraham, he told a lie that his wife was what? Sister. You aware of the lie told? By the time it got to Jacob, this guy had moved from lying to stealing. He stole his brother's birthright. Are you for this? I mean, he didn't need to steal it. I hope you know Jacob didn't need to steal it. Because it was a prophecy. Oh. He didn't need to steal it. Somehow in God's ordination, the younger was going to serve the older. But when a system is broken, you would even want to steal what God already promised you. Oh, yo, yo, come on. He did it. It was a prophecy. However, it was going to happen, it was going to happen. Create all kinds of complication. Some say fathers are important. Said that he was the, the son was in the image of Adam. Look at your neighbor. Say, whose image are you bearing? Wait for an answer. What happens? What happens when there are no fathers? Short list, I'm not going to teach this list because I taught in the first service. Someone help us with the sound. Number one, there's a lack of identity. It's a father that gives identity. So God appears to Zechariah during the order of worship and gives the name of John the Baptist. Do you know it's so important that John the Baptist be identified? Can I tell you what? Identity, we use ID, right? Look at it, so what's your identity? What are the tokens of your identity? What are tokens? Your face, that's your head, right? What else? Name, what else? Signature, thumbprint, voice. You know all those things are encoded in your DNA? And when they want to prove identity, what do they go to? DNA. Blood. Genesis is gene C's, gene, genetics. Beginning. So Genesis is the book of beginnings. Genesis is the original seed. Now, that original seed determines how original you are. This is the reason when somebody is speaking differently from the way they speak, you say they are not original. When your new life in God is different from what you are manifesting, you are not being original. Now, what does God have to do? He has to step in to name you. 
Now, John the Baptist, they were going to call him after his phobia, Zechariah. The prophet said, no, 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 he's John. He's John. Why is his naming so dramatic and so important? Because it is John who is going to identify Jesus. And if you've not been identified rightly, you cannot identify people rightly. Ladies, please, you are not ready to choose a man or say yes to a man if you've not been properly fathered. You will settle for a gap. You will settle for a gap. Men, you are not ready to ask anybody to marry you if you've not been properly fathered. And if you didn't have that biological father, you need that spiritual father. If you don't have that spiritual father, you need a father figure who is spiritual. John can identify Jesus if there is contention over his own identity. Hmm. Anybody hearing this? I know that some of you are thinking, Midland, are you hearing this? Shout identity! It's a big thing. So what does the devil try to do? Break homes, break marriages, break connections, break covenants, break tokens, break relationships. Why? No matter what the mother does, if there is no father figure in that space, there are many things she will do right, but there will always be the longing in the heart of that woman or that man. Does it make sense? Now, so what happens to single fathers or single mothers? Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean they're evil. Doesn't mean they're wrong. As a matter of fact, they're a blessing because the world would be a mess without single parents. I hope you know that. That means there will be so many people just not doing anything. But if somebody is a single father or a single mother, what should the person do? The person needs to prayerfully trust God to expose their children to a godly man, two or three godly men, all women as the case may be. You know why? God created man and he said male and female. He created them. So the original man was a them. That's what the queer community is trying to steal. Can I tell you something? The alphabet community, that's LGBTQIJKLMNOPKR to bracket, race apart, three minus vector, double multiple, curse multiplication, that community, because the reason it's just keep growing like that. You can never fix broken things with broken things. Broken things will cause more broken things. Now, why is such a big deal? Because it's one of the greatest assaults on fatherhood. One of the greatest assaults. You know why? A woman and a woman can never produce a child. A man and a man can never produce a child. Which means if they are going to have children, they would take a son that is not from them into two people that lack the ability and the spine to produce a son of their own. Can you see the disorder in this order? So a strange child from a strange union that left them vulnerable either in an orphanage or something. Because the child that's going to be adopted or brought in is coming from a broken system as well. 
is one of the greatest assaults. And of all the symbols they decided to use, rainbow, which is the symbol of God's everlasting covenant as father of creation and preservation. Do we get it better now? So your gay friends or your homosexual friends, they are not just operating based on I like. I feel attracted to. Do you know how many people you feel attracted to? Imagine if you had to do stuff with everybody you felt attracted to. Will you not be subtracted from? Divided by <laughs> multiply the gifts. <laughs> Are you you get what I'm saying? So even same-sex attraction is an attraction. But just the same way you don't move just based on all your attractions, right? You don't say, okay, because I feel attracted to same-sex, let me go and do it. But there's an extra demonic pull that encourages it. Why? It's an assault on the image of God. How do I know? Let me show you this. One of the reasons. God said, let's make man in our image and after our likeness. You know, God could make man by himself. Right? And he molded man. But for every other man he was going to bring, he brought it through what? A woman. So even when Jesus is going to come, he does not come through another man. He comes through a woman. Because it's part of the glory of God that the man sows the seed, the woman multiplies it. Identity. Number two, scarcity of resources required for total development. Number three, greater sense of insecurity. The more absent your father was, the greater you are likely to struggle with insecurity. Everybody, every human being struggles with insecurity in some area or the other or at one stage or the other. Until so you grow in maturity and you have light. And then understand the ongoing coming of the Holy Spirit. And even that, that sometimes there will still be temptations. But if you have perpetual insecurity, never feeling good enough, always feeling empty, something is missing, maybe there's a dad issue there. Greatness of insecurity, lack of clarity about destiny. Why? It is fathers that also provide destination. Abraham said, we're going to a place that the Lord will show me. So the Lord will provide destiny. Number five, undue pressure, pain, and problems. What are the major issues or major signs of daddy issues? Five, number one, trust issues. Everybody's a suspect, including yourself. Trust. If people are wicked, you don't trust them. If people are too nice, why are you so nice? Why are you smiling so widely at me? Hello, why me? Of all the people inside this place, you didn't say anybody's me. Why? You must have an ulterior motive. Trust issues. You feel every investment opportunity is a scam. Most are. But let me say many are. Many are. Right? Number two, people pleasing. 
Because that validation and affirmation from a father has not been given. You just want to prove that you matter. You exert yourself to show that you're not worth losing. So you end up staying in some relationships you have no business being in, but because they give you a sense of acceptance or connectedness, you're like, let's just manage it. Everybody has issues. So even the issues that are more than issues, they are now tissues. They're now issues. Yum. You're like, let's just, everybody has their own. Meanwhile, this person is assaulting you, abusing you, violating you, misusing you. Physically and maybe emotionally and otherwise. Like, let's just do People pleasing. You spend money you don't have to impress people you don't like. You join bridal trains. Why you can't even buy a ticket to join any train? I must be there. I must. In fact, you even invite yourself to the train. And without knowing, they never plan to include you. But you're like, hey, what's the plan? What's the plan? Now added to WhatsApp group. I should be 250,000. Ashwai B became Ashwai B because of Ashwai Bill. People pleasing. You didn't want to sleep over in your boyfriend's house, but there's a part of you that wants to please people. So you end up sleeping over. And when you slept over, you become a yes person, yes man, yes woman. Because you like to play. So even when it's not comfortable, when it violates your personal convictions, your personal budget, you find a way to make it happen. And everybody says, you're so nice, you're so nice, you're so nice. But you're nice at the price. Even though you are nice, gongwaso. They ask you, what's your ID? You say, kabasa. Please, listen, anything that people say is extra, extra, extra investigated. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying investigate it. No, seriously. It doesn't mean it's bad, but investigate it. So at some point, I had to investigate myself. Why do I work so much? I, like, I work and work. My wife says I, I work to relax, so I relax. My relaxation is work. I relax by working. So I had to investigate myself. Why are you working so hard? Are your motives right? Or is work an escape? Is he a distraction? Or was it a distraction and escape and now you built a pattern that you can't break? Because you can be addicted to work, I hope you know. So it doesn't mean work is bad. It means anything that is a thing in your life, check it. Look at him and say, check him. Listen, it's not just work. For some of you, it's the exact opposite, the sleep. You just sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. You enjoy as you're sleeping, you are smiling that you are sleeping. Oh, the sleep is sweet. <laughs> See, people are laughing, laughing. Oh my God, I'm enjoying my sleep. Wow, the sleep is so sweet. Then you wake up, ha, ah. oh, I'm awake, why am I awake? I'm asleep. Ah. 
Some of us will laugh a lot. I enjoy laughing. I laugh a lot. But check it. Because they say that sometimes the saddest people laugh the loudest. Sometimes. So you see Robert Williams committing suicide. You wonder what's going on. I'm not saying anything you're doing too much of is bad. I'm saying it's worthy of investigation. Because it might be a veneer that is covering something. Or it could be something you used to survive a season. And you are now used to even when you don't need it. People please. Number three, approval addiction. Attention obsession. So you don't believe you look good until somebody says so. <laughs> look at him and say, check him. Some of you, what people really like about you is your smile. But for as far as you con- as far as you're concerned, <laughs> as far as you're concerned, you're like, ah, I have a chip on my tooth. No, my shoulder. <laughs> Or I have a stain somewhere. Or I have this. Meanwhile, people don't even see the one you smile. Maybe it's your nose. Maybe it's your, I don't know what it is. Whatever it is. The hair in your nostril. Oh, cute hair. Number four, attachment compulsion. Attachment compulsion is what makes it almost difficult to grow your network or to grow out of your network because the false of false sense of loyalty that keeps you connected even to things you've outgrown and it produces clinginess where you never leave a thing or a person until you're about to die promise me you never leave me Number five, patterns of rebellion and misbehavior. Now let's deal with the, with the solution. And I want to give some steps that will really help here. Please do your daddy issues assessment. God did not want Jesus to have daddy issues. So in the prophecy about the Messiah, Isaiah 9 verse 6, said unto us, a child is born, a son is given, his name shall be a wonderful counselor, everlasting father, the prince of peace. So the son that is being born is not a bastard. Someone look at him and say, maybe you didn't know your daddy, but you are not daddyless. Say, maybe your daddy was not absent, but you are not without a father. And maybe for some of us, our fathers have gone to be with Jesus. And we used to be close to our fathers. But look at your neighbor say, you are not fatherless. You are not without a father. God is your father. He has stepped into that place. As a matter of fact, every earthly father was created to domesticate the divine father. What does that mean? The reason God made Adam was that Adam will be father of the earthly creation the way God is father of all creation. So the only way Adam can know himself is by studying the father who made him and who gave him as a father. Don't forget, unto us a child is born, a son is given. Adam was created as a son to be given as a father over all creation. That's why when God gave Adam the divine mandate, he said, now as a son who's now a father, be fruitful and do what? Multiply. What should you have? Dominion. 
of other birds of the other sea, of the, the, the fish of the sea, and every creeping thing that crawls upon the face of the earth. Then he said, when you do that, what's going to happen? Expand the territory, flourish. So every father is supposed to mirror the heavenly father. But for you to sort out daddy issues or to enjoy the ministry of the church, is number one, you must make it very real that God is my father and is more of a father to me than my biological dad. The Bible says that God is father to the fatherless. He's husband to the widows. God is more of my father. That's why Jesus, he said, my father, a hundred and fifty times documented. That God is my father. First judge of the three, verse one. See what love the father has given unto us that we shall be called the children of God. See, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? God is my father. I'm grateful to God that God is not an absentee father. The Bible says that God is our help. He's a very present help, even in times of trouble. So your father, your biological father, maybe was absent. He was not there during PTA. He was not there during inter-house sports. He was not there during the family meeting. He was not there on open day. He was not there on visiting day. But how many of you know there is a father who is always there? He is there when things are bad, when things are broken, when things are damaged, when things are seemingly distorted and destroyed, when things are failing and falling. God is always there. When your biological dad walked out on you, God was still there. When your biological dad lost his job God was still there when your biological dad hits your mom God was still there and that's why in the midst of the mess when the enemy thought you were crushed and be defeated look at you now you are still in the land of the living you are still standing with sanity you are still walking on your two legs you know why in spite of the devil's unfaithfulness God did not shirk in his duties and in his faithfulness so you can say great is your faithfulness oh God to me morning by morning new mercies I see you are the one who was with me when everything was down and under who are those who want to celebrate the paternity of God that's how come you got your way through that's how come God opened doors when they were shut that's how come you were able to get healed when the doctor said there was nothing they could do that when your biological father didn't send any money somehow you graduated you finished school you got a job you're working now because your heavenly father is a very present help in time of trouble. When you got into trouble, your dad said, go and meet your mom. Your mom said, don't disturb me. Go and sort yourself out. And when it looked like your, your back was against the wall, like Travis Green taught us to see, God, you made a way. I don't know why you did it, but you made a way. Home and look for three people and tell them, God is my daddy. 
God is my daddy. It's my daddy when I'm good. It's my daddy when I'm not. It's my daddy when I'm happy. It's my daddy when I'm not happy. It's my daddy when I have money. It's my daddy when I don't have money. It's my daddy when people are around me. It's my daddy when there's nobody around me. It's my daddy when I have the Ashraf B. It's my daddy when I don't have the Ashraf B. It's my daddy when I have a breakup. It's my daddy when I have a makeup. It's my daddy when there is no fake up. He's still my daddy. It's my daddy in the morning. It's my daddy at noon. It's my daddy when it's day. It's my daddy when people are owing me money. And when I'm the one owing people money. He's still my daddy. When there is no sponsor, he sponsors me. When there is no defender, he's my defender. My daddy is so big, he's so strong. There's nothing that my daddy cannot do. My daddy, he's the commander of the host of heaven. He's like a horse. And because I'm in union with him, I am strong and reliable. He's my guarantee. In him I trust. He's my zenith. He's my access. He's my diamond. I can bank on my daddy. Oh yes, yes, yes. My daddy is so good. He made the lotus. He made the globus. Oh, I'm written on his palm. I can pay. My palm pay. He is my daddy. My daddy. My daddy. God is my daddy. God is my daddy. God gives me access by the blood. He's the lifter of my head. God is my is my first. I can bank on him. His ATM machine is never empty. I need to rest on him as my daddy. What does that mean? Whatever my physical daddy could not do for me, my heavenly father can replace. If you make God your reference point, what people do for you or don't do for you will lose a grip on your soul. In other words, if people do stuff for you which is good, please be grateful to them. Celebrate and appreciate them but never worship them. Realize that the goodness they did was only made possible by your heavenly father. Who put it in their hearts to do that for you? And give them the willingness and the resources to make it happen. That way, every other person becomes a passageway and not the end point for whom you die. If they do something bad as well, realize it could be the frailties of their humanity or the perversion of the flesh or a high moment of vulnerability or demonic attack. That the end point is not them. But because your heavenly father has forgiven you, he also can forgive them for what they did to you or against you. So you don't have to die at their altar until they repent, until they change, until they do this before you let them go. You will be tied there like a ram to the altar. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because in the presence of my daddy, there is fullness of joy at his right hand. They are what? In other words, my fullness of joy is not tied to the repentance of my abusers. The fullness of my joy is not tied to the presence of my father to come back and apologize to me. Of course, it is responsible if you're a father and you violated somebody or you abandoned somebody. Yes, you should have a conversation. Yes, you should repent. Yes, you should apologize. But what I'm saying to those who are the receiving end, don't wait for your father to recognize that what he did or didn't do wasn't cool. You will waste 20 years of your productive mind waiting for an apology that may never come. And sometimes when the apology comes, you say they didn't mean it. They didn't mean it. 
Then when they try to mean it, you say he still did not hit it. Let me show you something in redemption and salvation. How many of you know that Jesus, God did not wait for us to apologize before he gave his son sins? Do you know that salvation is not tied to an apology? It's tied to faith in Christ and what he did. So many of your daddies may never get to the point be like, oh, mommy, how can I disappear for 20 years? And in some cases now, they're expecting you to take care of them when they didn't take care of you. Can you talk? Can play something soft? Let me try to learn. So what, so what soft landed? <laughs> so what do you do? Acknowledge God as Father. That's the first thing. Listen, no matter the trust issues you have, don't let trust issues stop you from trusting God. Because for some of us, our trust issues have now affected our walk with God. So we go, if my best friend could abandon me, or cheat on me, or use me, or borrow money and not return it. I don't trust anybody. And even though you never say it, including God. A doctor you don't trust cannot fix the situation. Doctor says, I need to check your back. You need to pull off your clothes. Hey! You want to rape me? Someone to inject you say, Hey, poison, cyanide. And for many of us, we're restless with God when God is trying to fix us. So we jump from place to place to place to place. We don't stay long in anything that is getting too intimate. So we have all the control, but we have no progress because it takes vulnerability to make progress. At some point, even if you own a private jet, it's a pilot that determines your speed. You have all the billions, it's a banker that controls the money. You own the hospital, but you need treatment. It's the young doctor that you're paying salary. Sometimes your treatment is in the hands of those who you think are inferior to you. That's the first thing. I cannot go as father. Number two, you need to be open to God and say they had these gaps. You know, when I went through this gap, this list, some of you began to laugh because you could see one, two, three things speaking. In the first in the first service on the mainland, I saw quite a number of people looking at their friends and spouses. And sometimes male to male relationships and female to female, not marriage, just friendships like all of us must be honest enough to say there were gaps. You know the funny thing for some of you, your daddies were actually physically present and emotionally present, but they were not disciplinarily present. So you had affection but no direction because your dad pampered you too much. And so now you expect life to be easy. You are shocked when there's opposition. The reason is your dad fought all your battles for you but never taught you to fight. So you, are, you, you feel life is unfair now that you are exposed to fight. You didn't realize that the battles were won by a father that cared so much but also care too much to strengthen your spine.
open and say God this is airy and fathers in the house please I hope you're also hearing that you don't have to repeat your daddy's mistakes number three I must go into the word the word is the prescription my reference for fatherhood cannot be my biological dad alone as great as my biological dad was as powerful as fantastic as intelligent as godly you know what you always find in men by men humans you always find if you get close enough for long enough and stay open enough you will see something you will do better you will see something you will do better Oh, even a grown man will tell you that, listen, there are things I say to the pastors and ministry directors and maybe sometimes leaders that there were some gaps I had in leading kings in the early age, in the first two, one or two years. Because it's so much love, right? Oh, let's love, let's love, love, let's love people. So by the third year, we're trying to create an army and a structure. People now felt, ah, this is not love. Let's lovingly come late. Let, do you understand? You always find a gap. A gap does not mean you are wrong. A gap could mean you are growing. The discovery of a gap does not mean you are evil. It means that now that you've grown and you've seen the impact that what you did or didn't do could have had. Are you getting the point? So number three is this. I go into the word and I begin to literally see the father moments of God. My model for fatherhood can be my dad. One of my models for fatherhood is my dad, right? But it must also be God. Women folk, there are many things you're looking for a man, for four in a man that you only find in Jesus. There are very few men who are at the beginning of your relationship. When I say beginning or marriage, it's been two, three, four, five years, who really feel you the way you feel yourself. Listen, if they feel you the way you feel yourself, many of them, fewer of them still, will feel you the way you want them to feel you. Fewer still will feel the way you want them to feel you when you want them to feel you. I see myself with a man as well. The things you want your wife to get. She's not wired to get them as quickly. Some things. She's not wired to read into the intricate details. Are you seeing? Most women are not. The way most men, there are always exceptions. Go into that. The fourth thing. Is that you must integrate yourself into family and community. You know why? You can't really understand fatherhood just based on a vertical relationship. You also understand fatherhood based on vertical, on horizontal. What does that mean? How many of you know there are things you discover about your parents based on the way they relate with your siblings? <laughs> Not you. And that's why we notice sometimes last born children tend to have an advantage. If you have two older people, two, at least two older people before you, you have a huge advantage. 
I'm the third of five children. And one of the, when I say benefits or blessings I've enjoyed is almost nobody has issues with me. I'm in the middle. Right? What does it mean? I've observed those who came before me. You see the bagang, 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 okay, guy, arrange yourself like this. What does it also mean? When the writer of Hebrews writes, he says, seeing that we have so great a cloud of some of your revelations of God will come through the faith walk of other believers. As a matter of fact, some people exist in your life to show you a dimension of God you would never know except you see it materialize in their lives. The enemy always wants to hijack that and cause you to be envious of them. But they are models of God's faithfulness in the dimension. That's what they are. And that dimension may never be the dimension you walk in. So for example, maybe let's say you're a Gen Z person in millennial and there's this 22 year old girl that's always sharing devotionals online and she has 20,000 likes on devotionals. Like, ah, ah. What's she saying? I know this girl. When she used to struggle sexual, with her sexuality, she used to come to me privately. Me, only 13 people are liking my posts. Callings are not transferable. You understand? God is possibly showing you that that person is not a picture of envy. It's a picture of possibilities. That if God brought somebody on their life's journey to come and learn from you at a certain stage and you were faithful enough to help them and this is how far God has brought them, God is not cheating on you by accelerating their ministry. It's a picture of what else, of how God sees you. Please listen, the gifts that God trusts you with is a bigger compliment to you than the giftedness of those people. That's why I don't joke with people like kings. People are rare. They're special. They're chosen. Right? But all the big places I've been invited to speak and preach at kings is still my favorite place to preach. Integrated family. Engage the sibling squabbles as part of parenting. You know, sometimes you allow your children to fight. You don't cause them to fight. You let them fight. I don't mean like ram bumping to each other. Say, hey, come in, took my run out in my room. You sort it out, you fix it. But you know that process is important for their social development. Disagreement and handling it is one of the most underrated skills. There's a skillfulness in disagreeing. See, I wish there were things I could break down. Many of us are suffering from isolated experiences because we don't know that it's possible for you to disagree with somebody but still collaborate with them for progress. So you just cut, 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 cut until your world becomes me-sized. The world becomes so small, it's me-sized. In other words, anything that is a deviation or a difference, you have no space for it in your world. Such a small and narrow life. Jesus knew Peter would betray me. He said, whether he betray me or not, you are the head of the church. Sorry, deny. 
not betray you. You're the difference. This one, you betray me. You keep money. The fifth thing is make a commitment not to repeat that is mistakes. Don't repeat that is mistakes. There are many scriptures I wanted to read, but I want to close. There are many scriptures I want to read, but maybe I'll share them in the group. Don't repeat that as mistakes. Some of you know something. You know one of my pains, one of my pains. I never sat down to do a thorough interview with my dad before he passed. So I know stories. I know stories about his life. I know almost every major story, you know, because you know, we share them. But there were questions I had about details. And some of you, the revelation you need now is to go and unpack certain things in your history. Now, some people be like, the dead man made Christ in the future. Absolutely true. But you know what? You are learning Christ. And when you learn Christ, you need to apply Christ. Isn't that so? When it says, lay aside every weight and the sin that does easily beset you. What's it saying? Is it saying you're not born again? No. He's saying that there are certain proclivities and tendencies that come onto certain kinds of persons and families and stages of life. And if you're not aware of the booby traps, even though you are a fast driver, you will drive into a ditch, right? Why did your dad lose money at 45? What happened, daddy? Mommy, how come dad never married you? Now, these are difficult conversations. But some of them need to be had. Daddy lost his job at 50 or 48. And he never found another one. Why? Never started a business. Why? I'm about to pray. I sense the spirit of glory and the spirit of power in this place now. And I see the Lord pouring oil upon hearts. See, because some of you, you've already repeated some mistakes. Why did the marriage not work? Why did the relationship not work? Why? God said, I want to fix it because, you know, sometimes what is happening is not a demon that is stopping anything. It's a learned pattern. That you're repeating based on observation. And you didn't know you were observing. Jesus said, let the children come unto me. For to such is the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is touching you right now. Receive that embrace. God is touching you right now. God is touching you right now. You'll never be the same again. Make a commitment. I won't repeat Daddy's mistakes. By the way, when you become a daddy, you will know why the pressure was so much on daddy too. It's almost impossible to really know what a stage of life takes until you're at that stage. Almost important. Almost impossible. You know, I tell people all the time when Pastor Vicky, when Pastor Vicky um, led the committee last year for anniversary, and the pressure was on her. And, you know, Solomon and Fed Up Mola this year. As I usually like it when you feel the pressure because now you have an idea of what I feel every week because I have to prepare different things every week and visit or pray for people every week and make phone calls every week and discerning every week and it never stops. 
Similarly, you never really know what it takes to be a parent until you become one. Either spiritually and you're involved when as a spiritual parent and as an involved in people's lives. I'm not talking about just daddy tied to know. You're praying for people, you're counseling, you're advising, you're giving them insight about what they should do with their money. The Lord is pouring grace right now. He's pouring grace. It's okay to let it go. Let it go. It's a healing tarovizia hashubasia. Healing service, healing experience. Oh, Kamina Hovralia Zimadovich. Berakata Takiba Dovra Divas. Bonahi Jigadal, Vrenia Sakata, Bushalia, Beniga Zuzogobla, Zivra Kapa, Tiza Gadai. Some of you need to just let it out. God said, this healing series is not complete without this. What needs to be healed is the gap. It's God that fills the gap. The many times we cover the gap, even sometimes with spirituality and tongues and activities and money and work. No, never be the same again. Father, we give you praise. Lord, this work that you've started in our hearts, we know that you're perfecting it. If you're a man, anywhere you are as a man, place your hand on your chest right now. Lord, I thank you for all the men in the house, all the men physically here, and all the men on the mainland and all the men online watching from across the world America United Kingdom Asia Lord I speak healing to this men in the name of Jesus because I know that many men also carry burdens and pressures and tears and cares and patterns and yokes and chains Lord today I set them free I affirm the freedom that is in Christ in the name of Jesus I affirm the victory that is in Christ that the brokenness that may be prevalent or manifest in any of this men will not travel to another generation in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every damage that may have been done through ancestral abuse, neglect, abandonment, weakness, infirmity, shame, reproach, inadequacy, distortion, disgust, humiliation. I proclaim that you are liberated in the name of Jesus. I proclaim that you are free to be the man that God has called you to be. You will not be a man after the order of the world, but you are a man after the order of Christ. You are a man in righteousness. You are a man in holiness. You are a man in purity and authority. You are a man in audacity in the name of Jesus. The resources that are required for you to be God's man, humility, meekness, spiritual sensitivity, Creative intelligence, finances, I release unto you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak shalom over every man, over every father in the house, whether you had a father or not. Now you have a heavenly father and a spiritual father. I proclaim that the gaps are filled, the gaps are fixed. Pray that you'll be model men who will man up. 
to the responsibilities that God has called you to. I pray for all the men here, you will choose right when it comes to marriage. You will not waste time. You will not waste your resources. You will not waste your life in the name of Jesus. I pray for all the women here, particularly those who have daddy issues, who had daddy issues before this message. I speak healing over your lives in the name of Jesus. I speak healing over your minds in the name of Jesus. I speak the spirit of glory over you. Wherever there are wounds of the soul, wherever there are wounds of the heart, wherever there are injuries in the mind, wherever there are developmental gaps, I proclaim that you are healed right now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing over your subconscious mind. I speak healing over your heart, your home, your hopes, your dreams, your goals, your imagination, your sexuality, your physical bodies in the name of Jesus. Any door that was opened through rape, assault and abuse, I shut the doors. Any door that was closed, doors to your creativity, doors to your aliveness, doors to your sense of worth and value. Any door that was closed, I open it back now in the name of Jesus. You are not what daddy did or didn't do. You are new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You rise up in wholeness and boldness. I speak to the whole house. Our families are blessed. Our homes are blessed. Our relationships are blessed. Our marriages are blessed. We excel as a people. We're raised whole, godly, safe, sane, spiritually alive children in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This healing is complete. It is thorough. It is permanent. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Somebody glorify God with a hand clap. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor. Say your daddy issues are sorted. Look at a man beside you. Say happy Father's Day. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.